Hello. I know. It's been a while, right? How long has it been? Oh my god. Way too fucking long. Welcome back to the Skewered Universe podcast. My name is Jeff, in case you forgot. (laughs) I am here with Leanne. Hi. And, alright, first off, off the bat, I realize it has been a long-ass time since I have put anything out. So, I'm going to give a state of the podcast address here real quick. We're not dead. We have not died off. Life just happens to find a way to slow things down. Yeah. I got back to California in August for when I was working in Arizona. You guys know all that. And the plan was, I'll be home. I'll be able to record every weekend now. And that didn't fucking happen. Uh, work has been crazy. Plus, plus, you know, we work in Los Angeles, and we don't live near Los Angeles, so that commute kills us. By yeah. the time we get home, we don't want to do anything. <laughs> it's a it's a three-hour commute both ways. <sighs> we leave work around 6.30, 7 o'clock to try and avoid as much traffic as possible. We don't get home till almost 8. Yeah. Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. On Fridays, it's worse. Fridays, it's a little worse, but... Sometimes we tend to sit there and just wait, like, it's Friday, yo. Fuck it. Let's wait. (laughs) Yeah, we like to just sit in our car and let traffic die down just a little bit. Yeah. If anyone lives in Southern California, you'll understand this. For those in other states, California traffic fucking sucks. (laughs) For any international listeners, stay away from California. Traffic is horrendous, and you will hate it, and you will want to murder everyone in the state. Or they'll want to murder you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you may come over here and be polite, and they'll call you a <laughs> bunch of fucking names, and it's bullshit. Anyway, traffic aside, work has been hectic, things have been crazy. I wanted to record during the 31 Days of Halloween thing we did, although I'm kind of taking that name from another podcast, so the Skewered Universe Horrorthon, as I dub it. Nice. That's what we call it here. <laughs> I wanted to record a little bit of things here and there, kind of going over what we watched. Didn't happen. I had an idea for a Sid Haig special after he had passed away. It didn't happen. R.I.P. Things just kind of got away from me, and I just kind of moved the podcast to the back burner for a bit. I wasn't killing the show, but it wasn't a priority at the time, just with the way things were going. But, that being said, I'm back. Probably going to do this weekly. It may only be monthly. Haven't quite decided yet. But you can check the Facebook. You can check the Instagram. All that shit on the socials. You'll find out exactly what's happening. You call it the Instagram. <laughs> Whatever. I'm 40. Fuck it. I don't <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I also turned 40, bitches. That's right. I'm no longer a 39-year-old podcaster. I'm a 40-year-old <laughs> podcaster. You're a grown-up. How does it feel? I don't feel any fucking different. <laughs> I still play video games. I don't care. <laughs> I still watch my horror movies because they're awesome. Even the silly and ones. speaking of that, we have a horror movie to talk oh, about later. Do. But we're going to back up a little bit. <laughs> Podcast is still alive. That's the bottom line that I wanted to get across here, because I know I had people who listened. I saw the numbers. Not huge download numbers, but again, I don't do this for 
recognition and huge numbers and to eventually have this widespread fan base. I mean, if it happens, cool. If it doesn't, I'm fine. This is my creative outlet. Some of you write, some of you sing, some draw. What, Whatever you may do, this is mine. And I know some people go, well, everyone now has a podcast. Mm. Everyone might. And some of them that I've listened to sound so goddamn similar, I don't listen. I have very specific podcasts I like to listen to for specific reasons. Some of those being that they were the first podcasts I started listening to, so I'm loyal. Simple as that. Tangent aside, I want to talk about something that I've been consuming recently. As many of you know, the Disney Plus service launched not too long ago. And since we're Verizon customers, we took advantage of that free fucking year. <laughs> because even though it's at a $6.99 price point, which pretty much guaranteed that price is going to go up at some point. So those of you who are like, no, it's going to stay a deal forever. No. Mm -mm. It's the house of mouse. They want money. Yep. If they want to stay competitive and keep a lot of people, they could keep it at $6.99 or even lower the price. Then again, I'm not Bob Iger or whoever's in charge of the pricing for that shit, so it's probably going to go up. Anyway, back on track. <laughs> uh, the two of us were mm -hmm. watching The World According to Jeff Goldblum, the National Geographic Disney Plus original series. Yeah. I think you only watched one or two episodes. I did, me. yeah. So you'll have to go back and see the others. I mean, he has one about ice cream, which I think you watched that one with me, kind of bits and pieces. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, well, I did watch the one where he was making his own pair of jeans. Was that him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they yeah, went yeah, to yeah. Levi's and yeah. they were showing how they distress jeans and mm -hmm. do different laser techniques to put holes in jeans so y'all motherfuckers can pay $200 for a pair of jeans with holes in them. Because fashion. Anyway, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> anyway, this Jeff Goldblum show is fucking great. And also people will go, well, he's so, he, I think he's amping up the Goldblum. I don't. I think this is exactly who he is. And he yeah. tones it down for acting. Mm -hmm. when he has to and when he's just being himself he's just this inquisitive like childlike adult he's genuine and he's curious yeah yeah and it passionate was, he likes passionate people it's fun to see him like going into stuff where he doesn't know a lot there was one where they were doing sneakers and he went to sneaker con and he was fascinated by the people buying sneakers, selling sneakers, the different types, and all of this. Oh, the tattoo one as well. Oh, the tattoo one was great. Yes. He went over, they were talking about like the history of tattoos a little bit. And, and all the different tattoos of him. Yeah. They have this whole thing where he lives, I think it was Pennsylvania? I think so. Philadelphia. One of those. They have... One of those. <laughs> this, it's... <laughs> I don't remember exactly Philadelphia. <laughs> around that area. One of the ones that ends with Ia. And starts with a P. Anyway, they have this whole, like, gold bloom tattoo fest thing. And there are so many people with his face tattooed, and he was getting a kick out of it. He's like, I don't know why, but it's fascinating. <laughs> and you stepped out of the room, but he actually did 
add some color to someone's tattoo. Oh, he did. So there was a part he shaded in. It was his doctor who was getting a tattoo of him on his leg. He's like, oh, wow. Yeah. He goes, well, oh, would you would you mind if I added a little, you know, personal touch? Please so add whatever you like, want. I would show him the guy my goes, ass, yeah, whatever go you ahead. want. Yeah. Give him give him the ink machine and do whatever you want. Draw <laughs> a penis. I don't care. If it's from Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> I want it on my body. That sounded really weird. I apologize. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> she wants anything Jeff Goldblum on her body. Anyway, the show's great. It's fun. The other National Geographic show, which I find thoroughly fascinating, and I think you do as well, is the I Gordon Ramsay so. show. Yeah. Which is cool because he's going around to these different places around the world kind of seeing what their culinary palate is. And it's fascinating. They'll be in these small remote areas, and he's so like, show me how you make these dishes show me how you get along in life every day mm -hmm. and he's not coming across like a pompous ass or anything he's coming across someone who's very genuinely wanting to learn oh yeah yeah you take it that way that's interesting <laughs> wait you said that day that he came across genuinely okay but i've been watching him and mm -hmm. how he is like when he's doing his little side interviews or you know with with mm -hmm. him talking about what's going on and how difficult it is and these people are doing these things like that. It's stuff they do on a normal basis. And he's talking about just how hard it is. It's so hard. And I don't know. I just seem, I, it's really hard for me to, I feel like he's a little spoiled. Remember probably a lot of that because it is technically a reality show. Yeah. It's probably stuff that he's given to emphasize. Emphasize how hard their life is for them doing this every uh -huh. day. Make it really seem, and he could probably be like, well, what the bloody hell are you talking about? I'm not going to do a British accent. <laughs> True. I can kind of do one, but he'd probably be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Why don't we just talk about how this is their daily life? They're like, no, you have to amp up the drama because it's reality television and that, that makes gets sense. people to watch. That's the way I see it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, quick Quick tangent on reality television. For those of you that think everything you watch on reality television is 100% genuine, pull your heads out of your asses for five minutes and realize 99% of what they do is fucking scripted. Oh, and those people on The Bachelor, they all fucking. I don't care what they say, they are all fucking. They're like, no, they just had a night in the jacuzzi. They got down. That jacuzzi is a cum tub. That's why there's all that froth. Anyway. <laughs> you can laugh on the show. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> the thing is, um, I, my laugh sometimes gets really loud and it doesn't help that I smoked ahead of time. I don't want to blow out the microphone. I'm dying. It's okay. I'll adjust the level. Oh, you. that's why it's so frothy. Oh, I, gross. <laughs> I normalized the levels <laughs> later, so you'll, your loudness will be brought down. Okay, good. My lowness will probably be brought up, and then we'll be fine. Okay, good. Inside podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the image, Jeff. It's appreciated. <laughs> anyway, back to what we were talking about. I, I do find it weird, and I know Disney bought the Fox stuff, and it's still weird, though, to go out to Disney Plus and watch The Simpsons. 
It's odd to me still. Oh, I didn't know they had that on there. Yeah, we were watching the Treehouse of Terror, and that's how we were watching that. it. Or Treehouse I, of Horror. I didn't realize that's yeah. Those episodes where that was. were were from so Disney Plus. So what does Plus. that mean? Does Disney own the rights to Simpsons? Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Disney bought up a lot of the Fox Entertainment stuff. Really. Which is how they're getting like X Men under their thing and. Fantastic Four. A lot of those Marvel entities that Fox had, Disney now has. They still have a fight with Sony, because Sony's like, we don't want to give up Spider-Man. But they can't make a fucking good Spider-Man movie anymore. They did two with Tobey Maguire that were really good. Three, too much studio involvement, because Sony thinks, we need toys, and we need this, and we need extra villains. That's why Sam Raimi didn't come back for a fourth one, even though he had a fourth one planned. Mm -hmm. They do The Amazing Spider-Man. That wasn't all that great. Then they did a sequel, which was even worse. Then finally Marvel get goes to Sony and is like, hey, hey, why don't we work together? Let us bring Spider-Man into the MCU. And it's been brilliant. Ooh. Oh, god damn you. My account settings are out of date. Fuck off, computer. <laughs> <laughs> and that's staying in because I do not edit. He likes it raw. Well, you know. Kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I like my podcasting like I like my meat. Raw. What? <sighs> Where was I going? Oh, yeah. Anyway. Spider-Man. Yeah, so Disney acquired a lot of the Fox Entertainment stuff, which is why, like, the Simpsons is on Disney Plus, and there's probably other things on there that I haven't gone through the entire library of what's there. Mm -hmm. But to get to the one thing that I've heard everyone talking about, and you're not very, you're not a Star no. Wars fan, so you're not, not I mean, gonna it's give okay. a crap. I appreciate it for what it is. Right. It's not something I'm gonna watch on my own. I have watched all six episodes of The Mandalorian. I didn't start watching when it first started streaming with episode one. I started watching later, so there was like four episodes to watch. The show is brilliant. It's <laughs> it's just awesome. And the one thing I really love, our main character, the Mandalorian, Mando, for those who are watching, is constantly wearing a helmet. Never takes it off. Part of the Mandalorian thing. They never take off their helmet, or they can't put it back on. They're, like, exiled from their group or whatever. Brilliant thing is, even though he's wearing a helmet the entire time, you can tell what expressions are coming through just by the simple movements of the head or the way he'll turn to a certain character or look at something. You're like, uh, I know exactly what your expression is under that helmet. It's, it's really good, and... I'm going to applaud John Favreau for bringing this to us. Yeah, people will go, well, it's Disney, but John Favreau is writing it. John Favreau is behind it. It's awesome. If you haven't watched The Mandalorian yet and you have Disney Plus, if you like Star Wars, and you don't have to be some Uber Star Wars, you've consumed every bit of Star Wars canon that's out there from the novels and the comics and tons of shit that's out there. You can be a casual fan like I am. And you can still appreciate this show. It's it's great. 
It's awesome. Plus, you have the baby Yoda. The child, technically, but everyone's dubbed him Baby Yoda. Not Yoda, by the way. If anyone's thinking it is, it's not. This takes place, I think it's like 25 years after Empire, something like that. I don't know exactly, but check out the show. And <laughs> if any of you out there have Verizon Cellular Service and you're on an unlimited plan, or you have their Fios service, or you're just a Verizon customer in any way and you want to see if you qualify to get this free year, go on their website. Because if you're on a cellular unlimited plan, you get it. You just sign up. Done. That's it. Take the free year. Decide if you want it. If you do, then you can pay the $6.99, unless it's gone up, which it will, by the way. I'm convinced it will. <laughs> it's a high probability. It just came out. It's going to go up. Considering how streaming services are basically becoming the new cable. Yeah. Prices are probably going to go up across the board. Because everyone's got to have their streaming service. Especially once, you know, things like the Verizon trial or whatever, the year is over. Boom. Expect that price to go up immediately. Yeah. I wonder how many people, though, have taken advantage of this A lot. free promotion. A lot. We and after the year... Work are going to back out. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I don't plan on keeping it. I, I enjoy it if it's free. If it's yeah. not free, I have no interest. That's why I don't really complain with the loading issues that we've had on multiple things that we've watched. Mm -hmm. We will start something. It'll freeze. The audio is still going, but the video is frozen. Yeah. And then it will back up however many seconds and then continue. And some people will be like, oh, this is fucking bullshit. If you're not paying for it, exactly. why am I going to complain? If I was paying the $6.99, then yeah, I'd be like, well, this, Especially this if it's Disney, they need to get their shit together. Yeah. But, like I said, it's new, so it's going to be a little glitchy. I get it. My thing is, the streaming isn't new. And they announced this last year that it was going to be coming. Mm-hmm. So you would think they would have had all the tech stuff worked out, but they didn't know how many people were going to be subscribing right away. I don't know why I'm doing this with my hands. You no guys can't can see this. But <laughs> I'm conducting a make-believe orchestra. And Jesus then, you know, Christ. one thing I'm, you know, I like Disney enough. Like, I like enough of the movies. Like, I would probably right. go out and buy some, especially from my childhood. But, like, I got to see Bambi for the first time. I had never seen Bambi because who gives a fuck about Bambi, right? Nobody. If you're if you're a kid, I get it. But I watched it as an adult. It was stupid. It's for it's for children. It's I've, for babies. I've only seen it once as a kid, and I don't remember too much. It's un it's definitely forgettable. I remember sure. Thumper. I remember Flower and Bambi. That's about it. And there was a fire in the forest. There you go. That's about all I remember. Done. Just like with Pinocchio, saw that as I saw most of these as a kid, either in school or at home at friends' houses. It's fine. I'm not a hardcore Disney person. I like some of the movies. I'm more of like, I appreciate the Pixar stuff more than... Same. I like the classic way the Disney stuff was animated back in the day. It was yeah. revolutionary at the time, the way they put some of this stuff together. Yeah, I like the, old, the older cartoons, for sure. But I've gone more towards the Pixar side. Like the yeah. Toy Story stuff, the mm -hmm. Incredibles, things like that. But there's a ton of stuff on there 
and it's fine. I'm just not a I'm not a Disney fanatic. I never have been. Some people are, and I don't get it. I love my friends. You know? To any of my friends who are listening, I love you guys. <laughs> I love that you have annual passes, but you're weirdos. <laughs> That's the other thing that kills me is they charge way too fucking much to get. They to really do. They do. It's in fucking Anaheim. <laughs> You go 10 minutes in either direction into Anaheim, you could end up in the ghetto. Yeah, exactly. Not even 10, five minutes. <laughs> either, any direction around there, you can end up in a bad neighborhood. Yep. But Dis- Disney Plus is fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Exactly. I, I like the user interface. I've heard people complaining about like, oh, it's not very intuitive and I can't pick up where I left off on the last episode of what I was watching. I've had no issue with that. I go to watch the latest. If I go to watch the rest of an episode of The Mandalorian, it was picking right up where I left off. So I'm not sure if it's maybe different apps for different devices. We use it on the PS4. I use it on my iPhone. I haven't had really any issues. But if you're a hardcore Disney person, then for you, it would be worth the six ninety nine a month. For me, eh, I'm taking the year to see how it is. There is one thing, though, that I think might happen. If this continues to go the way it's going with so many people continuing to subscribe, Disney will halt physical releases and only put them on Disney+. And then they will limit how many of those releases are there at a time. That's sort nice. of like what they do with the vault when they would, yeah. oh, for the first time in 30 years, Pinocchio was on DVD, mm-hmm. but it's only out for a limited time, and then it goes back in the vault. For some reason, they don't like keeping their stuff out there for too long. And I don't want them to do that with the Marvel shit, because I want to get a lot of that shit. But, eh, anyway... What else have we been doing? <laughs> I mean, aside from right now, where we have Monty Python and the Holy Grail on in the background on mute. Well, I mean, we started watching a lot of the Netflix shows that were coming out, like uh, Orange is the New Black, and... Yeah, the uh, final season of that. And uh, The Dark Crystal. And yes, Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. one more we were watching. The, the latest season of Glow. Ah, Glow. And then um, we got like halfway through each season and then just kind of went, eh. I think it's because work got so crazy and things were just kind of moving around so yeah, fast. Yeah, that's true. And we just went, what's simple? What do we know? Just put it on. We don't have to pay attention. Well, from what I was seeing with The Dark Crystal, the show is that it's pretty damn good. I could do yeah. with less uh, digital tongues. But, uh, yeah, the Skeksis digital tongues and a lot of the other characters. (laughs) Like, they wiggle for no reason. Like, the tongue doesn't need to wiggle that much when they talk. Did they need to digitalize that? I I think they're doing it as, like, uh, like to make you more uncomfortable with the way they look and act. Oh, that's smart, though, because I'm very uncomfortable with it. I will say. The the voice cast they have put together for this. Very good. The puppets, the puppetry, the character design. The environment they have created 
for this world that takes where all this takes place before the Dark Crystal film from the eighties. And it feels very much in line with that. Like this can lead up to you watching that movie again and you'll see how the timeline progresses. For sure. It's good. And I've heard people say, well, there's too much digital effects. I'm like, certain things they just wouldn't be able to do. It's enough for me. Yeah. It's like people complain about the digital effects in that. But yet, these are the same people that'll sit there and watch fucking Sharknado. And think, it's a great cinematic quit. No, it's a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> I want to make shit NATO, and y'all people are going to love it. It's just going to be my ass powering out turds for two hours. Wow, I am tangent ready tonight, aren't I? <laughs> I'm just letting you go. <laughs> this is what you get, people. I haven't been on for a long time. He hasn't so been able to vent. Here. There's a lot going on in this warped mind of mine that has created Skewered Universe. Oh, and now we have a, a warning. The recording was too loud. Levels can be corrected. God. It can't hear you. Check your recording options. No. It probably can hear me. There's probably someone at Microsoft right now going, Why's this guy yelling at his computer? Is that what people at Microsoft sound like? <laughs> It's better than me doing some horrible racist impression. Southerners don't listen to this. They don't know what podcasts are. I apologize to anyone on the staff I may have offended. <laughs> it's clearly a joke. I'm not meaning to offend the South. I have family in the South. Look, I'm white. I'll make fun of white people. I ain't going across the board to anything else, especially right now in this age of being woke. Mm -hmm. Woke AF. I fucking hate that term. <laughs> because woke just means you're a person who Alive. realizes some shit is wrong and some shit is right. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah, we were watching those original Netflix shows and we kind of fell off with that. Until last night, I don't think we had really seen any new movies. With the exception of October with stuff that we had watched yeah, in the horror genre. Yeah, yeah, Which, if you're interested, oh. go back to my Instagram and my Twitter and Well, see. we can bring up one that made me a little teary-eyed. Which one was that? Um, that one I really liked. Give me some more because I'm not remembering which I one know, it was. I know, I know. I'm such an asshole right now because I can't remember the name of it. And I, I'm sitting here telling you how much I liked it. Do you remember anyone that was in it? It was uh, something of the dead. Oh, Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead. Yeah, the that one that made... 1985 George Romero classic. My that's, favorite of the original Dead trilogy. That's the one that made me cry. Mm -hmm. Because it was... <laughs> the gore was so beautiful. I cried. <laughs> She had never seen this film. I have seen this countless times by this point in my life. And he had told me it was good. Ray. It is some of Savini's best effects work. The characters are great. I love everything about this movie. It's dark. It is dreary. 
it is not a feel-good movie, and I love that. Even when it ends on kind of a happy note. Okay, for anyone that hasn't seen this movie, it's been out since 1985. <laughs> so you should have seen it by now if you haven't. There are three characters who fly away in the helicopter at the end. They're like on their own little island away from the zombie plague. But we don't really know how far away they are. So it's not really a happy ending, but it's not a total downer ending. Mm -hmm. But it's still kind of like, well, you're the last three possibly in humanities. In humanity. Right. I was trying to figure out something else to say. And my, <laughs> my brain just shut down for a second. If you looked at my eyes, they went completely blank. Like, what am I trying to say? Well, I didn't want to say anything. but uh... So I showed this to Leanne over our 31 days, our Skewered Universe Horathon, and <laughs> I was so glad she liked it because it could have gone either way. With me, you never really know. It's one of those things that doesn't move fast. It's a very slow-paced film. Things are, are drawn... It's drawn out. Mm-hmm. And I don't really care for that. And it doesn't really... Once, like, that final bit takes place, maybe, like, the final 45 minutes to an hour, that's where it kind of amps up, and it's just... Things are just moving. Mm -hmm. Up until then, everything is very slow. It's very plotted. Mm-hmm. And I commend Romero for the way he did this film. I wish the studio would have allowed him the bigger budget he was originally going to get. But they kind of pulled some of that away, so... Which is why it was filmed where it was filmed. They had other sets they wanted to do. And it was... No, it was perfect. It, I, I like the fact that it felt so isolated. Yeah. That these were possibly the last uninfected people mm -hmm. in this area possibly the entire U.S. There's no telling. Yeah. <sighs> very good movie. <laughs> very, very good. So good. So good. I'm very picky with gore. And I, w I was just like, oh, wow. Just wow. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and you didn't mind Bub. I didn't. No. I thought you would pick that apart. Like, well, how was he able to remember? How was this? How was that? Mm -hmm. And you didn't. Mm-mm. Bub is fucking awesome. <laughs> yep, definitely. Yeah, I don't I don't remember what else we watched. Oh, there was that one movie, Escape Room, that we watched. Which <sighs> I feel like we watched a couple of those. Yeah. That one was fine. I mean, it was nothing new. It was kinda like We eh. we we knew what the characters were gonna be doing. Like yeah. we predicted a lot of it. Yeah, it's it was very much a like paint by numbers kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. It kind of kind of reminiscent of Saw, but it was like, hey, instead of these grisly traps with a, a moral bent to it, it's gonna be an escape room. You have to solve the puzzle to get out, but one of you's gonna die on the way. Ooh. <laughs> some of the stuff was fun, but some of the characters it was like just just die already. Yes. Please. Just die, please, please. Okay, you're gone. Good. Let's move on. Although Tyler Levine, I didn't want to see his character die because I like Tyler Levine, even though I know he's playing a character. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. How could you not like Tyler Levine after seeing that movie? I'm just saying. Just saying. 
Just say. I wish we could see your arm movements. I don't care. I wish we could because it's an audio format. You know, you're what I mean? you're like a preaching. <laughs> Get your hands up in the air. I'm sweating. I'm feeling the spirit. <laughs> I'm feeling the spirit. The spirit to murder. What? Oh, no. <laughs> oh God, that got dark. Speaking of dark, something happens to you when you leave this town. The farther away, the hazier it all gets. But me, I never left. I remember all of it. Let's uh, get to the main portion of of the show here, which is we finally got around to watching It Chapter 2, directed by Andy Muschietti, starring Isaiah Mustafa, Jessica Chastain. I don't know the other characters, the actors who played Ben and Stan and Eddie. We also have Bill Hader and Isaiah Mustafa as Mike Hamill. And of course... Bill Skarsgård reprising his role as Pennywise the Dancing Clown. For those who read the book, he's also named Bob Gray. So it chapter two picks up 27 years after the events of chapter one. The Losers Club has gone their separate ways. They're all grown up now. Bill's a writer. Eddie is, I say he was, he was a, a risk analyst. Yeah. Which is different from the book. In the book, he's a limo driver. Mm -hmm. 
Richie's gone on to be a comedian, which is in line with the miniseries. In the book, he's a disc jockey. I get why they went comedian, disc jockey in 2019. Not. Mm-hmm. It's. They're still out there, but. Mm-hmm. Does anybody really listen to regular radio anymore? I don't. Supercuts does. <laughs> Supercuts. Place bullshit. I don't listen when I go in to get my hair cut, which is why I go to Sport Clips. Anyway. <laughs> ben has gone on to be an architect, exactly like in the book. Beverly is a fashion designer. Stan. We don't really find out what Stan does. We know in the book, it's. I think in the book it's something to do with insurance. I don't remember. Or, I don't remember either. And I've been listening to the audiobook again, but I'm so far past that part. Mm. So anyway, like I said, it picks up 27 years later. The losers have all gone on to their own separate lives away from Derry. With the exception of Mike Hanlon. Yay! Mike has stayed in Derry. And he has been researching what it is. He's been going to the scenes of these murders that have been happening again. And I'm going to talk about the opening of the film here. And there's there's going to be spoilers. The movie's been out for a while. It's on Blu-ray and digital now. So anyone who wanted to see it in the theater has seen it. Anyone who's wanted to rent it and see it by now, or you've bought it, whatever. We get the Adrian Mellon scene from the book. The one that you wanted really bad. The one that I wanted to see. They didn't do it in the miniseries. I get why. It is a gay couple that ends up being horrifically beaten by fucking assholes, basically. But this was done so well. It was almost exactly how I pictured it in the book. Just update the timeline from the 80s mm-hmm. to 2019. Yeah. You change some of the dialogue here and there. Of course you do, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I was so glad to see this finally brought to life. And I know some people were like, why would you want to see a gay bashing brought to life? That's not the part I cared about. Because I'll be honest, anytime I've read the book or listened to the audiobook, that part makes me very uncomfortable because it is very graphic. And it's always hard to get through. Yeah, there are a few parts of the book that are very graphic and hard to get through. Yeah. Yeah. What I liked about this is they didn't shy away from this being an openly gay couple. They were kissing on screen and not just like, oh, a peck. They were showing these two guys are really in love. And I was like, I like seeing that. Yeah. And when you see what happens, you're already so invested in these characters in the first couple of minutes you meet them. Mm -hmm. That when they get the shit kicked out of them, you're like, ah, no. Mm -hmm. And then when you see what happens to Adrian, he gets tossed over the bridge. Webby is trying to get to him yelling at him, goes down and sees Adrian get pulled out of the water. No, he was already out of the water. He saw him on the banks with Pennywise, because Pennywise pulled Adrian out of the river. Mm -hmm. 
and just like in the book, bit right into his armpit. Mm -hmm. I thought they were going to change that kill. For some reason in my head, I thought they were just going to have him bite his head off or something. And when he went right under the arm, he had the arm draped over and went right under. I was like, oh, that kill in the book. Oh, I'm like, oh, and the armpit. That's weird. I have a weird thing about being touched <laughs> near my armpit. So it makes me uncomfortable. Leanne likes to poke and prod that area. On I me. didn't know that you had an issue with the armpit area. I, I thought think it was that your book, side. I think that book is where it started. My side and into the armpit area. That's that part of the book. Maybe like, oh. <laughs> All I know is it makes you uncomfortable, so I it keep is. doing it. <laughs> and that's not even really the... Was that the opening scene of the movie? I feel like it was. Or close enough to. Yeah, it was in the beginning. Close enough to. Mm -hmm. And we have Mike calling all of them, telling them, hey, you got to come home. Because mm -hmm. he's the lighthouse keeper. He's watching over Derry to see when it comes back. So he makes the calls. Richie, of course, gets nervous and throws up. Bill has a spat with his wife on set because he's got to leave. Eddie gets into a car accident <laughs> mm -hmm. because he was so thrown off by what was happening. Ben leaves a meeting to answer the phone because it was like when he saw Derry, he was like, oh, which we find out later why he was like immediately, hold on, I got to take this. Mm -hmm. Bev left her abusive husband to go. I was bummed. It wasn't... There are so much more to these characters. There's, there's more to it than what they brought forth. And like I said, I think the part was because the miniseries, yeah. there were complaints that the part with the adult's backstory was too, too drawn long. out for each one. Yeah. That they wanted to truncate it and kind of give you the gist of where everyone was. Which is fine, because I feel like the, it gave them the ability to build on it. A little bit more yeah. on Pennywise, a little bit more. So they sort of truncated her spat with Tom, her mm -hmm. husband. Yeah. Which we, I don't even think we. No, she did say his name once or twice, but maybe it wasn't. I will say one thing. In some respects, maybe it's better they didn't do it because in the book, he kind of beats the shit out of her before she turns the tables. So. Maybe it's better, but I would have liked a little bit more. Maybe with her calling her friend like it went out in the book, but either way, we still see that Bev has essentially married her father, who was an abusive prick. And her husband's an abusive prick. Mm -hmm. So we get that gist. Like, that's still how she is. She left Derry, but didn't really leave that old life behind. Kind of the same thing with Eddie, who married a woman who was very much like his mother. Overly protective, she's a larger woman. And this time they actually cast a larger woman. <laughs> when I saw that in <laughs> the first chapter that they had the, the fat prosthetics, mm -hmm. I was like, really? They couldn't get an actual fat person? <laughs> this time they did. They did. They did. Eddie's mom does come back with the suit again later on, but we'll... But that's that's because that's her character now. Yeah. 
Ben's just an architect. There's really nothing. We don't get too much. All we really know is that they're successful. Yeah. They've all gone on to be successful. Mm-hmm. Which, in the book, is very much... It's like, hey, you defeated me once. And I'm talking about the entity of it. It's like, so you get to go on and have your successful lives and you'll just never think about this. You've won. Just let me do my thing. But since they made this pact, this oath, they have to come back. We see Stan at home when he gets the call. And pretty much exactly like in the book, he is dancing around whether he's going to come back. We see him putting together a puzzle of birds, his wife's in the background booking a trip to Buenos Aires, I think. I wish they would have given a little bit more to Stan. A little bit more? Because they had a loving relationship. Yeah. You know, and I feel like they kind of cut that short. Like, at least in the miniseries, you got the feel that they were in love. Right. They were sitting there watching their game show. Flirting with each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very much how it goes in the book. Mm -hmm. Kind of the same thing with Bill and Audra. There was more in the book that showed Mm -hmm. they love each other even though they're conflicting over this movie they're both working on. Exactly. And in chapter two, it makes it seem like they're basically not even together anymore. She comes off as such... Very angry. Such a bitch, kind of. I don't really want to say that because they didn't give her a lot of time to develop a character, but Mm -hmm. he's like, I have to go. She's like, you can't just leave. You're the writer on this. And he was like, really? Like, it was very like they had a very tumultuous relationship. So we see Stan go in and draw his bath. And all we see are the razor blades next to him on the tub. And then the blood dripping down. Yeah. And that's kind of like a transition into the next scene. Yeah. Transitions into the next scene, which off the top of my head, I don't remember what it is. Ultimately, we get to the Chinese restaurant where all the losers come together, minus Stan, of course. And they're having their dinner. They're kind of remembering things. And, oh boy, what a take on the the dinner scene with the fortune cookies. Yeah, I liked it. They they brought in they brought in a a digital element to it that I think was more appropriate. Like back in the in the the miniseries, they used the practical effects and they were creepy as fuck. Yeah. But these were like super creepy. Like you had the crawling eye. Oh, that creeped me out the most because it's just the strings and it's like crawling at you. The baby bird kind of dragging itself, its little (laughs) tiny fucked up body across the table. The one like bat wing flying flying around the room and so creepy. What I thought was, was really good was Mike coming unhinged and smashing the chair against the table and just yelling, it's not real! It's not real! And we cut to a, like, a point of view of the waitress of the restaurant just seeing this guy smashing a chair against the table for no reason whatsoever, yelling, it's not real. Mm-hmm. 
So I kind of want to talk about Mike just a little bit here because when they talked about Chapter 2, the director was saying, oh, he was thinking about having him be under the influence of maybe some drugs or something like that. That is not the case. That would have been awful. The case is very much he is so into researching that he's kind of lost himself and has just become this well of knowledge about it and where it comes from and consuming everything about it that he's not even Mike anymore, really. He's a little unhinged. He's a little off. But it's nothing like, oh, he's a crackhead or, oh, he's a drunkard. Nothing like that. It just comes off like someone who has lost themselves and been consumed by finding out all this information. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I mentioned to you last night, because we paused a couple of times. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> because there were things we had to talk about. <laughs> he has this journal where he's taking all these notes. Very reminiscent of the book when he's going around talking to different people all over Derry. His father, the guy in the hospital, all these different people that had these stories. And he's like, here, just let me show you, because back when this happened, and it was very reminiscent of when Ben, in chapter one, was telling him about the Kitchener Ironworks and had his little uh, folder of all the history of Derry and all the weird shit that was going on. So it was like, instead of Ben staying and doing that Mike sort of picked that up and just ran with it and it caused him to just become this paranoid consumed by everything around it and what happened and the history of Derry and when it came and talking to a Native American tribe that their history was they had encountered it and performed the ritual of Chud and they were like on the outskirts. They were just yeah. on the border of where it was basically residing. Yeah. Far on the outskirts of Derry, not even in the township. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. The ritual in the book is very different. I think they had to bite tongues and tell jokes or something. Or it was a test of it was a test of wills, but it was completely different. I liked what they presented with the ritual here. Alright, so I'm not going to go further into plot details because I am struggling a bit to remember. <laughs> yes. But we do have our handy outline that we put together <laughs> last night. I'm going to call it right out because this was a good idea. So, the characters. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you first. Do you think the characters were well fleshed out? Were they good characters for this movie? Yes. Okay. That is a lot... <laughs> That is a lot shorter of an answer than I expected. Yes. I like the characters. I think Mike was redeemed because in the first we one it worried. was very... Mm-hmm. This is Mike. Here's a little bit of his history and that was it. And it wasn't even like the right... It's not even the right history. It's not. And I think part of that was from the script that was left over so they didn't really have a lot to work with. Mm-hmm. And studio pressure being, well, this director said he would get it out by this date, so you're taking over, you gotta do it. Yeah. I thought all the characters were great. I do have a favorite character, though. Who is your favorite character? Eddie. And let me tell you why. Okay. (laughs) Because even though he's not the comedian, he is the 
whatchamacallit. Comic relief. Yeah, he's the comic relief throughout the whole movie. Unintentional comic relief. Yeah, he's the one with the attitude. He's the one being hilarious. And you would think it would be Richie. But Richie is more low-key, like, fucked up. Like, you can tell it's bothering him a lot. There's a lot going on with Richie. Mm-hmm. That's actually my favorite character. Really? Okay. And I can tell you why. There's there's two reasons. Mm-hmm. One, because I think Bill Hader gives the best performance out of everyone in the movie. Absolutely. He's he shows excellent. that he can actually act. Mm-hmm. That he's not just the guy from SNL who does quirky comedies. Yeah. Because towards the end, when Eddie dies, it affects him more than anyone else. Like, the others are like, oh, Eddie's gone. He... He loved Eddie so much. And I've heard people say that Richie's secret is that he was gay, and maybe he did love Eddie. Well, that's in the movie, though. He's writing his initials. Yeah. He's writing their initials. Yeah. Because he loves him. Yeah. Like Pennywise going, I'm going to tell your dirty secret, Mm -hmm. which could be that Richie is gay. To me, it was obvious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the way I went to, but I mean, anyone could take it any way they want, whatever his secret is. People going, oh, I well, could have sworn he was up. doing like his initials in the heart, and then it was, it was. Hit. I didn't notice there was a heart around it. It maybe there wasn't, but it was plus, and then it looked like he was putting an E. So to me, that meant yeah. he had feelings for him. But they kind of showed it too when he was a kid and he was playing Street Fighter with that other kid who turned out to be Henry Bauer's fucking cousin. Mm-hmm. He was like, what, I'm not your boyfriend? And Richie was just like, uh. But he was, I. he gave off uh, flirty vibes to me. Yeah. Well, a little you bit. You don't have to go home. You know, you can yeah, hang out here. Hang out here. We can play some more. Yeah. To me, that was flirty. And it was... <sighs> the other reason I like the character is because he... At the end, he really wasn't afraid to just break down. He was the one that, that got us emotionally. Yeah. Yep. It was heartbreaking. Because even in, as kids, they showed Richie and Eddie were very much, they would play off each other and mm-hmm. this smart ass back and forth. Mm-hmm. But you could tell that they had a strong friendship. Mm-hmm. And even if he couldn't tell Eddie how he felt and he couldn't tell the rest of the losers, this is who I am, they wouldn't, they wouldn't turn him away for any reason anyway losers stick together that was the whole thing mm-hmm. it was just so heartbreaking that he never was able to oh yeah yeah but he and plus eddie's character to me like the actor holy shit did he <laughs> he had the kid eddie down to a t it was seamless perfect. It was perfect. They, perfect. He even looked like an aged version of the kid. Yes! Case. Oh, like, and that also brings us to you not liking the digitally enhanced children. Oh, it it was disturbing. It, to me, it was noticeable, but it didn't bother me. It, it was only because some of their faces looked like they weren't quite centered. Like they were smaller or something was different. Ben's was the most noticeable. Hmm. The others I get, kids age, and even within six months, they can drastically change in physical appearance. Especially at the ages they were at, from the first one to now. 
So I get they did some de-aging and some digital enhancing, but Ben's face was weird. Like they made his it looked like they made his cheeks fatter and his face looked smaller in the middle because of it. And it I'm not complaining about it really. It just kind of gave me that uncanny valley vibe. Like I didn't notice it till a certain point when they were in the clubhouse and I was like, oh fuck. Oh, there's something off with their faces. <laughs> yeah. Like a couple of them. It seemed like they filmed just before maybe something had changed. Like, the young Beverly. She didn't have that age. She looked exactly the same. There was nothing done to her. But Richie, Finn Wolfhard, his face was odd. Uh, I think his name is Jack Dylan Glazer, who played the young Eddie. His face looked odd. The kid playing Ben looked odd. The kid pay playing Bill, I couldn't really tell. And I don't think uh, Chosen Jacobs, who played Mike, had anything done. But the ones that had it, certain scenes, I was just like, mm. it, it, was, <laughs> it weirded me out. And I didn't even notice until you said something. And I thought, you know what? It is different. It is off somehow. And, and it was it was strange. But it yeah. didn't bother but me too much. I, I get it. It's not really a gripe. It's just something that I was like, when I noticed, I was like, ooh, that's unsettling. <laughs> Okay, so we do think the characters were good. We expressed who our favorites yes. were. Yes, I don't know why. In the original miniseries, mm -hmm. my favorite character was Ben. Of course. Yeah, he's to me, he's the most likable character. He's yeah. the like, I want to just chomp on his cheeks. I liked the kid version of Ben, and of course, you have to love John Ritter's Absolutely. portrayal of Ben Hanscom. Yeah, he, to me, to me, he captured it perfectly. Yeah, from the character in the book. Although the guy playing the adult Ben in this one was Did he was good. Too. Yeah, I liked it, and he didn't come off as "Hey, look at me now, I'm this buff guy." He was like, "Hey, I got tired of being the fat kid, so I put in the work." Yep. Although, going back a little bit. I feel shortchanged on Ben's adult character. Yeah. I wanted to see them give us the bar scene. Yeah. If anyone has read the book, you remember he goes into a bar after he gets the call, talks to the bartender. He's getting like pint glasses of whiskey. If I remember S snorting, I think he was snorting lemon up his nose and then drinking the whole glass of whiskey. No issue. And I wanted to see that so, or something similar to that. And it didn't happen. We basically got Ben saying, hold on for my, my meeting where I'm in my nice home. I got to take a phone call. And you just see him get up from this wide shot into his, the window of his home where he gets up and just walks as he's getting on the phone. It's like, okay, we got more with everyone else. but So kind of like in the first one, we were shortchanged on Mike as a kid. Yeah. We got a little shortchanged on Ben as an adult. Yeah. They didn't even go into, why do you look this way now, Ben? And he was like, hey, well, I had a coach who pissed me off, and I decided, screw you. I'm going to eat salad and start running. Mm -hmm. No, it was just, None of that. oh, I, I don't recognize you. Well, that's me. I promise you. And, yeah. oh, you look different. That Which was about he it. even kind of still had the features of the, the kid who played Ben a little bit. In like his you eyes. could kind of see. In his eyes. Yeah. yeah. Like you're like okay, I could see why you were yeah for you were sure. cast the same eyes, the same like innocence, because that's what I did like about the kid version of Ben. There was an innocence in his eyes, in his whole face, but his eyes. This guy had the same eyes. 
I really wish we would have got more with Ben as an adult. But at least we get to see Ben and Beverly. Ugh, barely. <laughs> barely, because it was always Bill and Bev. Bill and Bev. Bill and Ugh. Bev. But I know, I know. It was the same in the book too. However, yeah, yeah. Oh. I don't like it like that. But I do love the little nod to the miniseries. When Pennywise is chasing Ben through the school as a kid, mm -hmm. when he's sitting in the classroom and he's talking with Bev, we think. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then when he looks back, her head's on fire. She's like, winter fire. It's like, oh, fuck. Mm -hmm. When Pennywise is coming out of the locker and he goes, kiss me, fat boy. I was like, yes. <laughs> it's nowhere near delivered as great as when Tim Curry did it. When... John Ritter's Ben is making out with mm -hmm. Bev, and then he pulls away to see. He looks in the mirror and sees the, the clown, clown outfit. outfit. Pulls away, just smeared with grease paint on his face, and he goes, "Kiss me, fat boy." <laughs> it's my horrible Tim Curry impression, but I I like that little nod to it, and even the the clowns in the Funhouse that we'll get to in a second, they were dressed exactly like Tim Curry's Pennywise from the miniseries. Those little nods make me happy. The, it's those little things that I'm just like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for doing that. It kind of proves that the director knows who most of the fans are going to be of this movie. Just those of us who grew up watching the miniseries. Because we've wanted this big screen adaptation. I still enjoy the miniseries. I know tons of people are like, well, the ending, ending kind of sucked. There was only a big spider and it was stupid. Like, it was 1990 and <laughs> it was a TV miniseries. It was pretty damn good for its time. Yeah. Bill going and buying silver, different than in the book, but I did enjoy it. Because he got to interact with Stephen King. It was basically being a dick. <laughs> And the little, the inside joke in the film about, oh, Bill can't write a good ending, mm -hmm. which is a direct reference to criticism of Stephen King not being able to finish a book with a solid ending. Yeah. The fact that he told Bill, eh, I didn't like the ending. <laughs> when he saw his book there, he's like, hey, want me to sign this book for you? He's like, nah, I didn't like the ending. Like, <laughs> okay, Stephen gets it. That's good. Oh. Okay. Back to the outline, because I strayed away. <laughs> so we talked about our characters, how we liked them, and our favorites. <laughs> Circling back. If you want to explain why you're so happy about the outline, you can. I'm happy because Leanne put this together, and it makes things a lot easier. Although I'm running off on tangents here, as you can see. Yeah, but that's the whole point of having a conversation. Exactly. Yeah. We can hit the key points here that we have on the outline. So... Do you feel, and this, this is a question I'm posing to both of us here. I forgot about what was on in the outline. So. <laughs> <laughs> was the movie true to the book in terms of atmosphere and the overall feel? Not so much how things played out, but do you feel it was true to the source material? Um, well, I don't remember the parts about it in the book. Uh, about the rituals and how he was defeated and things like that. But as far as, like, the relationships, uh, 
I want to say I want to say it was close to the book, but we didn't get as much of the characters as I would like to have. I wanted to see more of those characters, so I can't really say if it was true to the book for me because okay. I don't remember okay. a lot of it. And see, I I feel it was very true to the spirit of the book. That's I mean, why there's deviations in characters, the way things are played out here and there. Like when I had when I had to pause it when they were talking about doing the rituals, mm -hmm. I that was one of the times we had to pause because I wanted to ask you, is that something that was in the book? Because yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, the ritual is named the ritual of Chud in the book, but I believe the ritual is completely different than what was portrayed in the film. But at least there was a ritual, you know what I'm saying? As yeah, there was to something. In the miniseries where there was no ritual. They just went down there with a slingshot and the silver earrings. Mm -hmm. Which kind of bugged me. Kind of? now because I wish it was the silver dollars from the book <laughs> and not someone's silver earrings. But, you know, hey, not everything is going to be what we want. Yeah, the deviations I was okay with. Some of the stuff in the book, it just wouldn't really translate. Well, and, you know, we were a little worried with the chapter one that it was going to go against the book. And it, it did redeem itself. Especially with yeah. Mike. Yeah. Chapter one shortchanged Mike a lot. Mm -hmm. Because they gave a lot of his stuff to Ben. And we were afraid that chapter two would be more of Ben being the one bringing everyone together, and that's not how the book was at all. No, it was Mike, so I'm glad that Mike stayed. Agreed. I'm glad that they did kind of have, like, in the book, Mike isn't well off. He's working at the library. He's not making a lot of money. He's barely making ends meet, and that's very much how it is in the movie. This Chapter 2, 2019 version, it's very much the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, deviations, I think the spirit of everything, even though you say you wanted more with the characters, more time, I think the good thing is because they established so much time with how close these kids got in the first movie, I didn't need a whole lot with them coming back together. Because once they saw everyone, it was like everything clicked. They were right back to that summer. We are the losers. We are this strong group, you know, close-knit. I just realized how... What if they had made it three chapters? Hmm. Like, what if could they that. could... I know, and I'm like, what? If, I mean, they would basically have to make it another miniseries to get all of the information in from the book because the book is so good and it's so creepy and scary and raw and dark. I think the only way you could do justice to an almost literal interpretation of the book yes. to film mm -hmm. would have to be another TV miniseries, but not on regular television like mm -hmm. Netflix or mm -hmm. Shudder even HBO or one of those, mm -hmm. and you do it episodic. Mm -hmm. So you have one episode dedicated to, like, what's going on with the kids. You go through that, and then you could have 
interstitial episodes going through when they come back. Mike talking to this person and getting the history. Mike talking to this one. Oh, this episode is about when Eddie came back and what he experienced from the book going to the drugstore and seeing Mr. Keene and all that stuff or Bev going back home and there with Mrs. Kirsch. And Bro, then, they turned Mrs. Kirsch into a creeper. <laughs> Her titties on the roof. There was so much in this film that unsettled me, seeing how it came out. I don't know if you looked over at me at any point watching, but at certain points, my jaw was on the floor. So I'm just like, oh. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. I thought it would be me coughing. Oh, I just was remembering. I was like, <laughs> But yeah, there were moments that I was like, Oof. if we had seen it in the theater, I probably would have been like, oh, fuck. <laughs> But I didn't want to yell here and then have uh -huh. people around be like, what's going on? Shut up. Get out of here. Watch a movie. Okay. So we discussed the feel of the book. What we think about that. We're okay with the deviations. I mean, yeah, it's things that happen. Nothing is ever going to be translated 100% literally from the source material. There are occasions where it is. Stephen King, I don't think, is one of those, especially it, because the book is dense. It is filled Isn't with Isn't it so like 500 stuff. pages? 500? It's even more than that, I believe. 700 pages? I, I could look at my paperback. <laughs> it's a lot of pages. <laughs> it's a big book. So what did you think about the atmosphere and the feel of the movie? I loved it. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Same. Same. There was... There were so many moments where there was just so much tension building. Like, you're just waiting and waiting. And then the payoff was always like... Ugh. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They paid off those tension building moments. And not with cheap jump scares. There were... I, I was honestly expecting more jump scares. Yeah. Which I hate. There wasn't. Mm -hmm. There wasn't. Like, the scene with Eddie going down into, I guess, the storeroom of the pharmacy. Mm -hmm. Because he heard his mom yelling, Eddie, help me. Mm -hmm. He's trying to un undo the restraints of her on this table. Mm -hmm. And you just see this thing that's chained up moving. The whole time I'm going, it's the fucking leper. I know it. It's that creepy-ass <laughs> fucking leper. I can hear it going... <laughs> Because it's covered in, like, this old cloth. And when it finally comes forward, I'm like, oh, it's that fucking leper again. <laughs> that, in the first one, I was like, ugh, I hate that leper. It's disgusting. It's gross. It's like, oh. You look like you're going to need a bucket. So to see it again, I was like, oh. But it wasn't a jump scare. It was like, here's this tension. Like, you know, it's if you've seen the first one, you'll know what's coming. Mm-hmm. She's going, it's going to infect me, Eddie. you got to help me. And then he just goes, I'm sorry. I can't do this. I'm out. <laughs> and he bolts. He bolts. <laughs> he was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, the atmosphere was good. Because when there were those moments of humor mm -hmm. that were like a palate cleanser for anything that had just happened. So you're like, oh, okay, here's a calm moment. Mm -hmm. And then ramp it up again. And then I'll bring it back down. 
So it was kind of a, a roller coaster mm -hmm. atmosphere through the movie, which I enjoy. And for this, it kind of needs that, because even the book is kind of like that. There's these slow moments, and then you spike with this tension. Mm -hmm. And then you're immediately brought back down into something else. By the way, there are 1,138 pages. I knew it had to be around 1,000. But yeah, there's 1,138 pages. It is <laughs> The novel It is very long. The fact that I've read it two or three times is pretty amazing. The fact that I've listened to the audiobook two or three times tells you how much I enjoy the story. Okay, so we already talked about our favorite characters. So do you think the adult Eddie was the best portrayed character in the film? Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He he stole the, the show. I did like what James McAvoy brought to Bill, though. To me, he was forgettable. See, I didn't think so. But I liked that. I didn't want him to be the main focus. As he was very much the center of everything in the book, in the miniseries. Mm -hmm. So they kind of switched the focus a bit. That's kind of how I felt. But I liked that his character was internally conflicted, feeling like, I started all this, so I'm going to finish it. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, 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 this isn't how it works, buddy. Mm -hmm. You don't get to run off and play hero by yourself. We're all in this together. Mm -hmm. The fact that he was dealing internally with, like, I killed my brother because I didn't want to play with him. I lied to him and forced him to go out on his own. It's like, oh. Mm -hmm. Heart-wrenching. Yeah. Maybe it, it hits me a little harder, you know. Yeah. My history with my brother and all that. But. Mm hmm we're not going to get into that heavy shit right now. <laughs> but yeah, personal experience, that hit me a little harder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I myself think the best... I think the I think the adult Eddie and the adult Richie, for me, equally best portrayed, but I really mm -hmm. go more towards Richie being my favorite, but they were both very well... I think out of all of them, they were the best portrayed. Yeah. They were the most Although, interesting, I think. The adult you. Bev did... She did show how she's still... In the beginning, when she comes back, she was still like that, oh, kind of, like, I don't know, this is... Very much the abusive child, abused wife. Mm -hmm. She does finally show that strength, but we don't get a whole lot of it showing through. I wish we would have got more of that. She was one of the stronger characters. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we might as well get to it. Uh-oh. The, the main focus of the loser's uh, quest, Pennywise. Oh, right. Yeah. How'd you feel about this? The portrayal of Pennywise in Chapter 2. I liked it because when they went into like more of the history, oh, and like the like the old school, old school, like way back in the day monster, and it still had like those teeth like that. I was like, oh, gross. When they were showing all the different forms, when yeah. they were talking about because it, they weren't it. What was the law? 
the rule was you have to stay true to your natural form. The law of nature has to abide by the form it's in, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whatever form Pennywise was in, he had to abide by the laws of that form. Mm -hmm. Which is a very cool concept. I, I, just, I like it. that they made it. They made him kind of ancient. Yeah. And from space. <laughs> which is which is the book. That's the book. He's from somewhere else, not this mm -hmm. planet. Just crashed here and was like, I'm going to feed every 27 years. And I'm going to cause chaos and destruction and weird shit's going to happen. And then I'm going to go hibernate for a while. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm not cutting that out either. <laughs> and I'll come back when I'm hungry again. I I really liked it. Um, so the thing I I hate criticizing movies. Like I hate it because I know how much time <laughs> and effort and money and lives go into making movies. <laughs> so I don't like criticizing them. But when <laughs> like even with the chapter one. As soon as they get to where it is, and they're going to fight it, I immediately start losing interest <laughs> for multiple reasons. Number one, it's kind of like the action scene where, you know, everybody's going to start kicking ass. But also because it was kind of like before, where it's the kids going, well, if we believe it, it can happen. I believe you're not alive anymore. Boop. You're not alive anymore. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of lame. I know that's like an oversimplification, but just because you believe in the power of it. And I felt like it was just mirrored from chapter one, except they were grown up. So I felt it was pretty boring. Okay. Except for how it is killed. Didn't really like, I, I liked, I liked the look of him dying. I didn't like how he died. Okay. Okay. Because if we're getting into spoilers... <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's hold off before we get to that. Because I should go into it. I, I very much liked the... When they were saying, if we bring him down to size, that whole, you know, law of nature is, it has to abide by whatever form, the laws of whatever form it takes. They were talking, because Pennywise is this giant entity in the end. He's got the spider legs, but still the clown head and the clown body, but spider legs moving around. He's fucking huge. Which is fucking creepy. They're like, oh, if we go back through the tunnel where he comes in to his nest, we can shrink him back down to the size of a clown and we can kill him. So when they're sitting there going, I, you're just a clown, you're just a clown, you're just a leopard. They're throwing all these things out. I liked it because it was very much like... The reason Pennywise is able to feed on children is their fear. That's what he feeds on. Yes, he's killing these kids, but ultimately he's sustaining himself on their fear. If they're not afraid... He doesn't feed. So they were very much reverting back to their childhood selves. And I like it. I like that kind of stuff. It's fun for me. I don't know why I thought it was boring. 
I liked it. I, I thought it was saw, nice. As soon as I saw where they were headed, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to look at my phone now. <laughs> I looked over a couple times, I saw you on your phone, I'm like, oh, she's checked out for this part. <laughs> so, they kill Pennywise, we know that. It happens in the book, ultimately, they stop it. Now, you didn't like how he died. You didn't like the looks of it when he was dying. I didn't like the fact that they were able to just bring him down to size and that's how you kill him. So I very much did because if he doesn't make you afraid, he has no power. They're they, were, they were children. They're going to be afraid. All he has to do is go, no, I'm real no matter what. And they would shit their pants. But if you remember that group of kids, think about it this way. It has been thriving on the town of Derry for essentially centuries at this point. So think of it as these seven kids were brought together as sort of the chosen ones. Yeah, they're like little mini superheroes. Eh, flawed, but... They're not, you know, super... As kids, but, yeah. they, they proved to it... When they sent it off in packing the first time, they injured it and sent it away. They were standing up and showing they weren't afraid. In that moment, they were no longer afraid. When they come back as adults, I think because they didn't quite remember, we stood up to it before, it was like they only remembered the innate fear of everything that scared the shit out of them. So when they finally got back together, it was like, oh... We beat him before. We can finish this. So when they were yelling at him, oh, you're only a clown. You're only a leper. They're like, you're not You're not scary. You're just a bully. Blah, blah, blah. Which, when you think about it, Pennywise is a bully. Kind of. <laughs> but I liked it because he's sitting there yelling at him and getting in their face. I'm the eater of worlds. Like he keeps saying it louder and more forcefully not to not and the way I took it was not to convince them to keep reminding himself so he could try and hold on to his power because they were slowly just pulling it away and they were taking the power back to kill him that's the way I see it I like that I didn't mind him turning into a puddle of goop when they pulled his heart out. I, I, did, was, I did think it was cool that they pulled his heart out. What I liked too is it wasn't Bill, it wasn't Ben or Bev or Richie. It was Mike that pulled his heart out. Mike, the one who has been bringing everyone back, been following everything. He was the one to pull the heart out. He was the one to hold it there while they all put their hands on it and they just disgustingly crushed it. <laughs> How'd you feel about him uh, drugging What's-His-Face? I was okay with that. Mike was desperate for them to understand what he understood. And he knew the only one he could get to get on his side was Bill. If he drugged Richie, Richie would have left even faster. He would have been like, fuck this, I'm out. Eddie the same. Ben... I don't know, I think Ben might have got angry... And Bev would have just left, scared, and ran back to Tom. Like, I'll go back and be an abused wife. I don't want to deal with this shit. Bill's the only one who would be like, okay, 
I now see where you're coming from. Because Bill was, as kids, he was the strongest of the group. The leader. It's like, let me show you what I saw. Which I, I did like the change on the vision quest. In the book, it's very much them as kids. This is them as adults. And Mike goes on it alone with this Native American tribe. They gave him the drug, showed him when it landed in Earth in its different forms. And that's what you were saying. Oh, I like that the teeth were all the same. It was cool. It was cool. And then he drugged Bill to give him the same vision quest. Look at this. What was it? Like a... What the hell was this thing they had? Like, like a... I don't know. Container of some sort. It looked like an old, like, handmade leather or animal yeah, that's hide. Yeah, like. I don't want to say urn, but, like, container of some sort. But he showed Bill, like, look, this is what I saw. You need to see this, and then you'll understand why we have to do this. I, I, I like that part, too. I didn't I didn't mind the way Pennywise died. Why did you not like it? Well, I... Because the whole thing, where he's making him smaller. So you would have preferred they just maybe fought him and I don't, I don't know. Figured out a different way to do it. I think it has something to do with the, the fact that it was this particular movie. I think it, you know, it was probably just the story, because it's probably how it ended in the book, too, right? No, the book ends very different. How does it the end? The ritual is very different. Uh, I think it's Bill faces off with Pennywise. And if I remember correctly, the ritual of Chud is they have to bite each other's tongues. And I want to say it was tell riddles or jokes or some kind of test of wills. And ultimately, the stronger will would win out. It was something like that. But then that killed Pennywise? They ultimately defeated Pennywise in the end. I don't remember exactly how. It's, it's been a while since I got to the end of the book. But. Yeah, I think it's the, the fact that, like, these... To me, even though they're adults, I still see them as children. To me, it's just these this group of children banding together and going, "You don't scare us, Mister Scary Man," and he's going, "Oh no, you you killed me." Well, yeah, it's very much a, a kind of a dark fairy tale, which I guess that's kind of a it's kind of an oxymoron since most fairy tales are dark in nature anyway. If you go back to the original, yeah, kind of stuff, but. Yeah, it's ultimately just a fairy tale. It's just instead of it being like a witch or a goblin, it's an entity from space who is the eater of worlds and has thrived centuries on causing destruction and mayhem. All right. So we both did like the way Pennywise was portrayed in this. Yes. What did you think about the scene where Bev saw... I believe it was Bev. After she encountered... Was it after? No. Well, there was that scene where she saw him sitting there. The father of Mrs. Kirsch, that we ultimately find out he was Pennywise. Uh, what did you think about that scene where he turned around and he didn't have the makeup on and he was just, like, human, and then he started brush like, madly kind of applying the face paint. You see him oh, scratch yeah, down. I liked that. It, oh, I liked it. That's when you know you're like, okay, that's not a human. Mm -hmm. It's only taking yeah. human form. I liked it very much. I it love was, that it creepy was shit. 
It was just like, ugh. Yeah, see, it's, it's the Boy Scout shit I don't like. Like, I'm not a big fan of the Boy Scout shit. Yeah. I get it. I get <laughs> it's it. a little cheesy for me, but yeah. it is what it is, you know? Yeah. And plus, the fact that it was it took place in, like, the same, like, cave-looking thing, I just felt like it was going to be the same. The yeah. same fighting, the same yelling. Well, it wasn't the same, because they went through that area. Where, in the first one, you saw all the kids' bodies hanging and all the different stuff. That was, that, uh, yeah. I liked that this one, I felt like this one had a little bit more gore to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that after we talk about what did you think of the uh, effects in the film. Uh, excellent. I like the digital effects, and people, I remember people criticizing the first one, like, oh, when he's, like, twitching, when Pennywise is, like, twitching and moving. No, I love like, that shit. It's like, he, It's creepy. He's an otherworldly entity. Of course, <laughs> yeah. he would be able to do different things. The, when a, when a... The human body makes an unnatural, unhuman movement. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> like those scary Japanese movies where the chick is like walking backwards on all fours and like her head's twitching back and forth. I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. yeah, it so much stuff in this was very unsettling. They they ramped up the the gore. Yeah. But I think that makes sense because in the first one, you don't want to have a bunch of gore around the kids. True. You want to have more classic terror. Like, there was the headless kid walking down the steps, but it wasn't really gory because it was just a headless corpse with some smoke and a little bit of embers yeah. burning. The most gore you got in the first one, I think, was the blood coming out of the sink, and a couple of the dead kids that you saw here and there. There were a lot more dead kids. This oh, all the bodies washing out of the, oh, the standpipe. Oh. Fantastic. Bravo. Oh. oh, I loved it. Just these partial corpses. <laughs> and the water is stained red, and you're like, oh. oh. It was great. <laughs> it was great, but it was just like, okay, I see what you're going for. <laughs> Like, I know initially in the beginning when they were showing uh, Webby Garten and Adrian Mellon getting beat up, mm -hmm. you're like, okay, I appreciate the gore. I got a gore boner. Yep. I forget what was it that. It was the effects of them getting beaten that you. The way they looked, the way the oh, blood yeah, was, the way their yeah. faces looked. It was looked. like he was getting the shit. It beat was very out of him. realistic. And it looked. Coming. Oh, man. When he <laughs> went over that bridge. And like he like it's like his lifeless body was like flopped over the bridge and yeah. I've I've seen some dark shit on the interwebs so I may know what shit looks like but anyway I mean it was like gross and I'm like yeah. and like I thought oh man he's gonna drown and he's gonna die and you see him and you think he's gonna drown and he's gonna die right then and there but then you see what I liked is it seemed like he was. Adrian got the shit kicked out of him. You can see the way his face looked, the way his body was just slumped as they dragged him over. Yeah, I forgot that I paused it and told you I had a gore boner. <laughs> but I like the fact that he goes over as this like limp, semi-lifeless, like he hits the water and then it's kind of like, oh fuck. As he's being pulled away, you see his head pop up and he's like, shit. But there's nothing he can do. Nothing he can do. 
he's so fucked up. He can't save himself. Yeah. Like, even though the water has washed away some of the blood, that's there, you still see the swelling and the cuts, and there's still blood coming. It's like, ugh. Good Ooh. stuff. And, oh, the balloons coming under the bridge. Why don't I remember that? It was when Webby had ran down to the river. Yeah. And looked across and saw Adrian with Pennywise and was uh -huh. like, what the fuck is going on? You see all the balloons. Oh. He sees Pennywise bite into Adrian's side. Right. And then all the balloons kind of go by. And oh. then they're gone. Oh, I don't remember that part. Yeah. That is almost exactly how I pictured it when reading the book. Because they said the underside of the bridge just got filled with these red balloons and they would just slowly start floating out. Like, Ugh. Ugh. I know people would be like, ooh, these balloons, it's stupid, what the hell? I'm like, no. It's significant of him, like, having fun doing what he does. Doing what it does. It's like, yeah. even when they're doing the ritual, there's a balloon that starts coming out of the container. Which grows and grows and grows and grows and grows mm -hmm. to be this huge thing, and then it pops in there. I was like, "No, nope. mm -mm. you're dead." Uh, the the effects were great, and let's <laughs> let's talk a little bit about how this movie was not afraid to kill fucking children. Okay, the first one all we saw was Georgie. We saw Stan get his face latched onto. We saw, you know, Eddie get his arm broken. Not a lot of kid death in the first one, aside from Georgie. Holy fucking shit. First, the little girl. They only killed two, two kids in this movie died. Adrian Mellon was... Grown. Probably in his 20s, maybe late teens. I don't know, probably 20s. So still very much kind of a kid, but not a full-blown adult in their 40s. That little girl. We liked her. We liked her a lot. <laughs> what I liked is that it was the same girl from the beginning when they show Adrian at the Canal Days Fair. He wins their little game they're playing, gets the stuffed animal, and then gives it to the girl and leans in and goes, Hey, thanks for letting me win. And she's all ecstatic, and she's got her stuffed animal. She's with her mom watching a baseball or a softball game. Mm -hmm. She's doing kid things. Uh, when are we going to leave? When's it going to be over? She's like, we said we'd come for the whole game. We're staying. And then she starts chasing a lightning bug, which immediately I was like, don't fucking follow that lightning bug. It's, it's essentially a deadlight pulling you in. The fucked was, up thing, though, is, though, he didn't get her because he grabbed her arm and, you know, was rough with her. He fucked with her head and lured her in. Yeah. Ugh. As a, at first, he's like, oh, I don't want... She's like, no. Mm-mm. You're in the dark. I can't see you. Yep. This is bad. I'm out of here. And he goes, well, I'm only in the dark because people make fun of my face. And she's got, and her she's got this birthmark on her face. She's like, oh, well, people make fun of me, too, because of this. He goes, well, I could just blow that away, and it'll never be there again. She's like, really? And he mm -hmm. sucks her in so bad, and she's like, he goes, 
Well, if you want the happy way, you have to get close enough to see. Oh, I don't know if you should you because I have to I'm, count to three. Or I have to count to three. One, two, and silence. She goes, you didn't say three. And he just, <laughs> <laughs> and she's gone. And you're like, I, I jumped. Yeah, I, I that think wasn't, I you that jump. was a jump scare, but it was well done. Yeah. I hate cheap fucking jump scares. Agreed. They get there's, me every time, and they're so easy. There are so many where I'm sitting there going, she opened the mirror, she's going to close it, whatever's there is going to be right behind her. And then it happens, and I'm like, oh, and now they're dead. The reason I say her is because if you watch 80s slasher films, it's always a female. Now the other kid. This is a kid that in the beginning was at the restaurant that walked up to Richie and said one of the lines from his shows, but Richie was like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? And started freaking out on the kid. He's like, hey, it's a line from your show. I'm a fan. He was like, oh. And he looks at him and goes, that's your mom and dad? Yeah. You want a picture? He goes, no, I'm good. <laughs> Bill then sees this same kid later. This kid lives in his old house and is skateboarding around and the kid comes up comes across Bill when he's yelling into the sewer because he has a flashback to when he was a kid encountering Penny yelling into the sewer why did you take my brother out of out of everyone why did you take Georgie and Bill's walking away just here well it's because you were there Bill which fucks with his whole thing of I lied to Georgie he's like you weren't there to protect him so why wouldn't I take him it's like oh this kid's like, dude, why are you yelling into the sewer? I took it as, I wanted you, but you weren't there. Yeah, kind of like that, but also like, you couldn't protect your little brother. You're a horrible big brother. I would have rather had you, but I'll settle for Georgie. So the kid's like, what the fuck is this guy doing talking in the sewer? And Bill has a moment, like Richie in the beginning, grabbing the kid, like, don't ever listen to the voices in the sewer. If you ever hear anything, you run away. Because, like, oh, I don't hear voices from the sewer. I hear them from the drain in my house. Like, he hears them from the man. bathtub. What do you hear? He goes, kids. And Is sometimes, like, he goes, a clown? He goes, yeah. He goes, don't. <laughs> so the kid's like, I gotta go to the fair. Because that's when Bill starts freaking out after he says he hears voices in the bathtub. He's grabbing him, like, don't ever listen to him. You don't ever listen to him. You tell your family to get out of here. Do whatever it takes. Tell your parents to move. I'm like... And I'm like, no one's going to listen to this little kid. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> I'm like, Bill's lost his fucking mind at that point. The kid's like, I got to go to the fair. So we fast forward. Bill's like, oh shit, that kid's going to be at the fair. I got to go save him. I can save him. But alas, he does not. <laughs> he sees the kid go into the funhouse... Which is a creepy fucking fun house, by the way. Yeah. The whole black light clowns swinging back and forth and that, uh, what is it, mirror maze or whatever it is. Yep. So he comes across and he's yelling at the kid. He sees him like, hey, kid, kid, kid. Well, he finally sees him and there's a pane of glass between them. He's like, you got to get out of here. Run, find a way out. Well, then you hear this like squeal, squeaking. On the glass, you look behind the kid, and here's Pennywise, just his long tongue licking up the glass. 
And I don't remember if Pennywise even says anything to him. I don't remember. I think he says, like, boo or something. Which, this, he does say something, but Bill's like, no, not him, not him, no. And Pennywise doesn't just break the glass and take the kid. He starts violently bashing his head against this pane of glass. And it's slowly breaking. It's not breaking with one shot. It took like four or five hits before it started to crack. And Bill's punching his pane of glass, trying to get in this kid who's trapped between Bill and Pennywise. Bill can't break the glass. And all he sees is Pennywise gets through and then an explosion of blood. <laughs> that was like, that kid's fucking dead. <laughs> like, there was nothing left. It was just chunks and blood. I appreciate it. When you're not afraid to kill a child. I know people will be like, what can you keep doing child killing? It's a movie. It's fine. It's a movie. <laughs> when you don't shy away from the fact that this thing kills children, I can appreciate that. Especially since it plays into Bill's whole thing of, I couldn't save Georgie, but I can save this kid if I can get there in time. Which he doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> I, I like that. The ending, after they kill Pennywise, the very ending, slightly different. Because they all remembered everything. In the book and in the miniseries, their memories were starting to fade. They weren't remembering a whole lot. The more conversations they had with each other, the less they would remember about each other. I kind of like the fact they're like, hey, why do we remember all this? Mike's like, I think it's because we have something good to remember now. Yep. Like, I kind of like that twist on it. Is it the other way? I was like, well, now they're just forgetting. It's like, well, we were never meant to be friends in the first place. We were just brought together by the universe to fight this thing, and now we'll all just go back to our lives and end up forgetting each other. It's kind of like, well, that sucks. Yeah. So I liked this version of the ending. They all remembered. Oh, did we get anything with Richie? Because we saw Ben and Bev on a boat. Very much together. Mike was leaving Derry. It's like, I can finally just pack up and leave. I don't have to be here anymore. And you can see that he's sort of normalized at this point. He's, I don't have to stay here. There's nothing holding me here. I can go. He can live his life now. Yeah. Bill's very much back at home doing his thing. Oh, the thing that did kind of get me at the end, the letter stamp. Mm-hmm. He wrote this letter like, you know, if you're reading this, then you obviously made it, but you'll know, I'll explain why I couldn't do this. He was like, I'm, I was, I'm not strong enough, so I took myself out of the equation. Yeah. It was like, ugh. It was, it was kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, maybe Stan was the bravest one of all. Yeah. In a way. In a way, maybe he was. I mean, some people were like, Ooh, so he took the time he took to write that out. many letters before he killed himself. I think he probably wrote one and copied it. That's weird. 
and then left them for his wife to mail out. Like, hey, mail these upon my death. Oh, no, it's very much in tune with the character of Stan for this movie. Oh. That was one thing that was creepy, too. Stan's head falling out of the corpse in the refrigerator and then growing spider legs out of it, very much like the thing. Yeah. And crawling around. That was cool. <sighs> and the fact that it was the kid Stan's head. It wasn't adult Stan. It was, it was child Stan. Yeah. That made it even more fucked up. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, one another thing I was glad to see, and we're going on an hour and forty-one minutes here. We'll we'll close it up pretty soon. The Paul Bunyan statue. Mm, yeah, one of my favorite things in the book, and we got to see it, and it was fucking disturbing. It was creepy. And creepy. What was even more messed up is after the statue on Pennywise telling Richie, I know your dirty little secret. I'm going to tell everyone your secret. Everyone in the background, if you watch, when he's first talking to them, they are stopped. They're just frozen in time. Mm. They're not moving. As he says, I'm going to tell your dirty secret. The music starts slowly playing. They're going, tell your dirty secret. We're going to tell. I'm like, oh, fuck you. Fuck your clown shit. You deserve to fucking die. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> Pennywise. <laughs> it's just, uh. Ultimately, I think we both came away from this really liking the film. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's it's a recommend from us. 100%. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, see it. If you listen to this and haven't <laughs> seen haven't it, you're pissed seen about it. spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, I told you there was going to be spoilers when we started talking. Yeah. So, uh, no offense, but that's on you. <laughs> you could have stopped this. Your <laughs> podcast player has a pause function. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, see it. It's good. I've heard multiple people complain they didn't care for the ending. I liked it. I liked how the whole thing came together. There was closure. It Chapter 2, high recommend. Skewered, universe, approved. <laughs> I'm still hoping, though, that they release a two-disc version with one and two, and a way to watch them both consecutively as one kind of long film, which I know is going to be like four hours of movie. Yeah. But... I've sat and watched the miniseries I don't know how many times all the way through. Same here. So, I'm down. So, uh, please release it that way. If any executives at Warner Brothers and New Line are listening, please. For me. For Jeff, please. I want it. I'm making the face and the hand gestures. You won't see it because this is audio, but I'm doing it. So I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Thank you for listening. You'll hear where you can follow the show and all that. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to suck a dick. Stitcher. <laughs> <laughs> We're on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I almost forgot what that was called. 
the Facebook. <laughs> I'm going to put up my letterbox at some point. You can kind of see where we're going with that. But um, that's going to do it. So until next time, why don't y'all just keep enjoying that motherfucking universe that's just a bit <laughs> and that was a horrible Pennywise laugh. <laughs> Find the podcast at skeweduniversepodcast.podbean.com. It's also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Search for Skewered Universe Podcast. Contact the show by emailing us at skeweduniversepodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at skeweredu. Facebook at the Skewered Universe group page and Instagram at Skewered underscore universe.